Spirit Radio Podcasts. Well, he wasn't a former US president, but the coverage of his death last Saturday and his upcoming funeral, which is going to be taking place tomorrow, would suggest that Arizona Senator John McCain was an extremely influential politician who indeed had many achievements during his long career. Well, on the line to give us his thoughts, we have a law lecturer at NUI, Galway, Larry Donnelly, and journalist as well. Often you see him writing with the journal.ie. Larry, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Great to be with you, Wendy. OK, take, take us back. Who was John McCain and what brought him into politics in the first place? Well, John McCain was from a military family. His father was a highly decorated uh, Navy person, and John McCain followed in his footsteps and went to the uh, United States Naval Academy uh, and subsequently served in Vietnam. Uh, And many listeners will be familiar with the fact that he was a POW, that he was there for many years, held prisoner, uh, and was eventually freed. He was a highly decorated uh, war hero. Uh, He then returned to the United States, and upon his return, uh, he entered into elective politics uh, from the state of Arizona. Uh, he was first elected to Congress in 1982 uh, and then moved on to the United States Senate uh, in 1986, where he served uh, up until his death. Uh, he, had, he was a Republican, a conservative Republican at that, but also one who was known for having a maverick streak, uh, at times not afraid to buck the trend, to buck his party, um, and, to, and to also reach across the aisle and do deals with Democrats. So, uh, look, he was a, a war hero, an American hero. There's no question about that. Um, his political legacy is mixed, and I suppose it depends on who you talk to uh, as to where he stands. But certainly uh, he was someone who could work with the other side, and that's sorely lacking in Washington, D.C. these days. Uh, uh, understandably, Larry, it depends who you talk to, but just looking at the scale of the coverage of his death and the tributes and the memorials, and of course his upcoming funeral, uh, suggests that he really was a political joint. Overall, how much or how significant do you think of a political figure was he over his career? He was he was a massive figure, but I, I mean, I think that because he because of his war hero status, and again, people listeners will be familiar that in the United States, uh, that means a tremendous amount. Uh, in terms of elective office and the way that the United States, I think, quite rightly uh, respects and honors its veterans. Some of the coverage in recent days, and I, I hate to speak when the man has just died, but some of the coverage in the past few days is no doubt, some of the, the very positive coverage uh, is no doubt fueled by the fact that uh, he had quite an antagonistic relationship with Donald Trump, uh, that he wasn't afraid to stand up to Donald Trump, and that he was very, very critical uh, of him. Uh, at the same time, he also, in the 2008 presidential campaign, uh, he was among those who very strongly condemned people on the right uh, who said that Barack Obama was an Arab, that he wasn't born in the United States. He directly refuted those things. So that brought him a lot of popular acclaim, not just, uh, I suppose, from middle America, broadly speaking, but from the left. And I think some of that uh, that bipartisanship that we see uh, in mourning his passing is a product of those political realities. In terms of that bipartisanship that you touched on there, Larry, do you think that is going to be reflected in the people who are going to feature prominently in his funeral? Uh, I think I think it will certainly. I mean, because if we look at who uh, his, we saw Joe Biden spoke already in Arizona. We spoke. We're, we're going to see uh, both former President George W. Bush and Barack Obama speak uh, at his funeral. So certainly, in that sense. Uh, it's more bipartisan than anything we've seen before. Um, the reality, though, in American politics, however, is that uh, it's going to go right back to business as usual after this is over. 
Uh, and again, we're going to have midterm elections, and the two parties have never been, in America indeed, have never been more div- divided than they are right now. Do you know much about uh, his relationship with Sarah Palin? Of course, he so he chose her uh, at that time. She was the governor of Alaska to be his running mate in the 2008 presidential election. A lot of commentators saying a bit strange now that he specifically requested that she not be invited to his funeral. Yeah, to, to, to be frank, Wendy, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I think that that is something of a slight. Uh, I think that the reality is that John McCain picked Sarah Palin because he could see the handwriting on the wall. He could see that he was by then an older man facing against uh, a political force of nature like has never been, been seen before uh, in American politics. And he needed something very desperately to shake up the campaign. And if listeners can recall back when he did pick Palin, uh, it certainly did shake things up and it made a lot of observers, this one included, uh, think that maybe he was onto something here. Um, the reality is, and this is not to be unkind, uh, that Sarah Palin was in way over her head, that she embarrassed him politically and otherwise. Uh, during that campaign. That having been said, they were through an awful lot together uh, as running mates in 2008. And I think it's kind of sad that she hasn't uh, uh, participated or been asked to uh, attend any of these services because politics is a tough game. It's a blood sport. Uh, and even Joe Biden in his uh, eulogy yesterday recognized that him and John McCain disagreed on many things and had lots of problems and lots of fights. Uh, so um, at a personal level, I would have liked to see her included. But then again, uh, I wasn't behind the scenes in that 2008 campaign. I didn't know what happened. Uh, And certainly I think that it's well documented that McCain found some of her uh, antics and indeed a lot of the things she said since 2008, uh, he found them very disagreeable and in many instances embarrassing. Do you think in some ways his funeral says something about the political landscape in the U.S. at the moment? Uh, Well, I think, you know, look, it's it, in a sense, it's it's. Uh, I think the, the way it will be covered is it's harkening back to uh, a different time in American politics that when Democrats and Republicans disagreed, uh, but when they weren't uh, sworn enemies. Um, and you know, I think that that's true. Uh, but I think that if we look back, at, you know, again, American politics right now is divided. We've we've heard that said a million times, um, and I think that it's absolutely true. There's no disputing it. But just in terms of the legacy of John McCain and what he might add to American politics and what he might have contributed, I'd argue, Wendy, that uh, his policies, I mean, the reality is John McCain was a very strong military interventionist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I often used to say that he never saw a problem in the world for which he didn't have a military solution. Especially in Uh, Syria. he He wanted the United States to bomb Iran. He wanted the United States to intervene. Uh, in North Korea, all of these things would have been seriously counterproductive and would have cost many, many lives. The American people revolted very strongly against this. And indeed, it's some of the politics pursued by interventionists like John McCain and others that produced President Donald Trump. In terms of that being a blot on his legacy, then, just the fact that he was um, so forthright in terms of military intervention, and you mentioned uh, so many of the examples there, is that going to be a blight on his political legacy? Well, I, you know, I, in the longer term, I, I think it will. I, and again, it depends on who you ask, I suppose, in some instances. Yeah. But I think certainly some of the fulsome praise that he's been the beneficiary of, from, especially from people on the left, uh, is a little bit short-sighted because, uh, again, he did in time think, recognize that the Iraq war was a mistake. But that didn't stop him until very, very recently uh, from encouraging uh, further use of military force. And again, uh, the American people have come to recognize that that has been 
since since World War II that every American military intervention has been largely uh, a disaster. Even when they prevailed in the short term, the long-term consequences have, have been horrendous. So McCain's philosophy of interventionism of America as the global superpower, uh, I think that's a, a thing now of a bygone era, and I think American politics has pivoted uh, as a result of that, and that's why the division in the United States is every bit as much between internationalists and people who are more inward-looking as it is between the traditional right and left labels. Uh, and I think we see that already with the election of Donald Trump. I think we're going to see it play out in the midterms, and I think we're going to see it play out really profoundly uh, in the 2020 presidential election. On a totally separate topic, Larry, I wanted to ask you about your impressions of the visit of Pope Francis. Of course, he was here visiting as part of the World Meeting of Families. The previous World Meeting of Families was held in your homeland. What did you make of the visit? What were your impressions? Uh, look, I, I was I was there, Wendy, in the, in the Phoenix Park. Uh, I found it uh, to be inspiring. I thought it was moving. I thought that I was struck by the re- very real presence uh, that he has. Uh, I think that the, some of the words he used and the things he said about the legacy issues and the horrific abuse perpetrated by members of a clergy we were all taught to revere, uh, I think some of those words were very well put. I think that he was right to say it. Uh, and I think now is the time for action, uh, of course, uh, the Pope and the Church has its critics. It always will. Uh, they have a point to an extent. But I think for us as Catholics, uh, it was an extraordinary moment. It was fantastic to welcome him. And what I was really struck by Wendy in Phoenix Park was there is an image out there that you go into a Mass uh, and it's going to be all elderly, perhaps not particularly well-educated people. When I was in the Phoenix Park, the cross-section of people who were there, uh, young and old, people of all diverse backgrounds, etc., uh, was really inspiring. And I think that that, that visit in the crowd, uh, that really accurately represents the Church in 2018, notwithstanding all the struggles that we definitely do face. Larry, thanks so much for joining us on the programme this morning. I have to say, I echo what Larry is saying, just the cross-section of society, the number of young people. And uh, I guess summing up my own experience would be that uh, I felt like a lot of the media coverage had they connected up with what was happening in the, at the Pastor Congress and at the Papal Mass and all that sort of stuff. It's like the media were kind of on another planet and just talking to ordinary, everyday uh, Catholics, young and old, from all walks of life, uh, were very happy to be there and they just loved their faith and it was that kind of simple and they were just saying, look, faith helps me in my life. Uh, sadly, that didn't come across too much in a lot of the, much of the coverage, but however. Anyway, that was uh, Larry Donnelly, a law lecturer at NUI Galway, often writes as well for the journal.ie. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.